Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins. And with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season six, six. episode five. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everything going good for you now? It is. I had uh, a great experience. Uh, participated in the first ever Global Methodist Annual Conference anywhere in the world. And it was it was a good three days. Uh, spend time with like-minded people, be able to, to talk about Scripture with people that shared my views on the authority uh, and, and, and the perfection of Scripture and, uh, and have a, a, a bishop who knows my name and recognizes me and doesn't put their eyes down and shake their head every time I come walking up. So it was a good conference. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's Rocky. Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, it's that guy. You didn't yeah, know your yeah, name. Yeah, it's Who's that, that guy? guy? Oh, no, he's going to come <laughs> ask me questions. You're not that guy. Okay, so last week we had, uh, we're in the book of Mark. Right. And last week, uh, Jesus cast out an evil spirit. Right, an exorcism. The famous words of Jesus, shut up and get out. Shut up and get out. <laughs> shut up, Wesley. What are we covering this week? Um, last week I told you we were going to do 29 to uh, 34, but I actually expanded it uh, because it's one story, actually. So we're working verses 29 through uh, 39 tonight. Okay. Uh, working out of the New Living Translation, uh, with the exception of verse uh, 36, I believe it is, most all translations will read the same. And we'll talk about what's different uh, in verse 36 when we get there. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Amen. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess we can just walk through verse by verse yeah. and see what, what uh, kind of thoughts and, and yeah. research we've done on that one. So uh, verse 29, after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. So maybe Simon, Peter, and Andrew weren't with them at the synagogue? I don't know. So no, it they were, sounds weird. They, yeah, it sounds weird the way it's it's written, but no, they were all, the, all four of them are together. Okay, okay. Because so, they were with him, we know, during the exorcism. Um, what's a little, it, this immediately happens following the exorcism when the crowd spills out in the street. What's uh, an oddity there that you might not catch at first glance is it's Simon and Andrew's home. Two men never owned a home together. 
two brothers would never own a home together. The home is an inheritance, uh, goes from father to oldest son. Right. And next oldest son, tough break. You, if God loved you more, you'd have been born first. Right. So you have to, you have to find a different house. So we're not really sure what's going on there. It would be very, very strange for both Simon and, uh, and Andrew to live in the same house. And uh, would it be unusual for them to have their own mother there as well? It's a mother-in-law. And, okay. and yeah, if she, if her husband is dead, yeah, that was pretty typical to take in a widow okay. and, and bring them in. The other thing though, that sometimes happens is you'll build a house and then if you've got enough property, the next child will build their house attached to it right next door. And it may be that that's what the text is trying to tell us, that Peter has a house and attached to his house is Andrew's house. And so you just call it Peter, Peter and Andrew's, Andrew's house. house. Jinx, buy me a Coke. Right. Yeah. Okay. Could be. <laughs> Very good. They live close together. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that might be. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Um 30. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and read 31 too. Uh, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. So really misunderstood set of, of verses. Um, a couple different things we want to want to pay attention to. First off, so Peter, Simon Peter, is married. And you know that the Catholic Church prohibits priests from being married, and, and their justification is, well, the apostles weren't married. And yet we know for a fact. <laughs> Peter, Peter had was. a mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul is well aware of this fact. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 5, he talks about Peter's, Peter's married, he's got a wife, and sometimes she even travels and does ministry with him. He has a helping wife in her ministry. Uh but two chapters earlier, in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, uh, but if if you can, I think it's better not to be married. This is a hard life. You know, we look at, at being a pastor or a preacher these days and go, that's pretty soft, pretty cushy life. One hour a week. Right? One hour a week. That's all you work. So, yeah, what a, what a great job. What but, a gig, man. <laughs> but what Paul and the early apostles were going through was not safe. No. And, and it was not easy, and it didn't hardly pay at all. You relied completely on the, the kindness and the generosity of, of parishioners. So I think that's why, why Paul says, ah, probably better if you don't get married. It's, it's just going to be a real tough life. Missionary work is a totally yes. different gig. Then. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so they get to the house, and uh, Peter's mother-in-law lives with them. That wouldn't be unusual if, if she were a widow. If, she were, if her husband was still alive, that'd be really rare and, and unusual. So we're going to assume then that, uh, that Peter's father-in-law had already passed. Is already passed, yeah. Um, and she's got a, a fear. We don't know the nature of the fever. It's don't just know. a very high fever. Yeah. It could be a, one of a billion different things. Most common cause at that time and in that location is malaria, but we don't know that that's what this is. But what's interesting is fever to the Jews was considered the, an illness, not a symptom. Hmm. That was an actual illness you could get. You got fever. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. And that it took, it was, it tended to be um, something that only miracle or divine could get rid of. They, they weren't like, take some aspirin and knock that fever down. Right. It was a few, few thousand years before yeah. aspirin came around. So uh, the expectation when you got a fever was, ooh, this is probably it for you unless God intervenes. Mm. So 
when Jesus takes her fever away, it's furtherance of, you know, in, in the synagogue, the demon had called him the Holy One of God. The very next miracle that Mark shows us uh, traditionally would have been reserved for deity. So Jesus is continuing to prove who he is. Um, and then there's this, uh, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and our version says, and helped her up. Most translations will say lifted her up, and it's a really vague and ambiguous phrase. We don't know if by lifted her up, uh, it means like ours says here, that I he just took her hand and, and physically pulled her up out of the bed, or if he prayed over her and lifted her up to God in prayer. Either one of those would fit the Greek here. Hmm. So um, whatever your little picture is that you see in your head, you're, it's okay to have that picture because we don't know for sure how it, how it worked, what exactly did, did Jesus do. And then what's really funny is, uh, and you even pointed it out, she gets up immediately and serves them a meal. It's like, is that the only reason why? Yeah, <laughs> I just needed her up so we could eat, eat dinner. I'm hungry. <laughs> Somebody go fix the broken woman. Uh, <laughs> What's what's interesting here is um, the word that Mark uses for served is diakonio. Uh, it becomes in English the word deacon, and it means a gift of service to the ministers. Hmm. So what she did, she did voluntarily. Um, it, it's it's not like they told her, okay, now go cook us something. She would have volunteered this of her own. I'm so glad I'm well. Let me let me do something for you. Let that, me make you a meal. That makes a little more sense than back to the kitchen woman. And that's supposed to be the attitude that deacons approach their ministry with. True. What can I do for you to make your life better? Deacons uh, in most denominations uh, are connected directly to the downtrodden, the poor, to where the rubber meets the road kind of ministry. Mm -hmm. and, and their job is to physically make things better for someone else. Very good. All right, then verse 32, that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Yeah, after sunset, because remember, it's the Sabbath. Ah, yes, they were in synagogue. Yeah, Sabbath. So it's be the Sabbath, right? So it goes from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. So people that were still trying to observe the Sabbath and be holy and righteous— uh, even though they would have heard about this miracle worker, uh, if you're if you're trying to obey all of the rules of Judaism, don't leave your house and don't go hunt Jesus down until after sunset when it's no longer the Sabbath. And now you can you can if your sick person needs to be carried, you can do, now do that without violating the work rules of carrying something heavy. Right. Verse thirty three. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. Now, this one, I, I got a picture in my head of a bunch of people poking their faces in the door, <laughs> trying to, because, you know, I assume it's kind of right at the doorstep where he's, somebody walks up, heal me, you know, I, I have this affliction, would you heal me? And so Jesus prays and heals them. Uh, and then there's just a throng of people poking their face in, <laughs> almost kind of reminds me of like when they lower the guy in from the roof. Yes, that kind yeah, very of very similar situation. That kind yeah. of throng yeah. of people forcing their way into Peter's door. Oh. Mark writes the whole town, but we don't think he was being literal. There's <laughs> roughly 1,500 people in Capernaum at this time. That would be 
hard for that many people to surround one house, uh, especially if it was in a neighborhood, if it wasn't out in a field by itself. And so uh, what, he, what he probably means is a bunch of people. That's it. Just a bunch of people. <laughs> a whole bunch of people. A crowd. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> 34. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. And we kind of learned about the not letting the demons speak last week. Yeah. Right? He, well, there's two versions here. There are two reasons here in my mind. Um, one is the demon may try and <clears throat> take control right. by knowing his real name. Right. Um, and the second one is, and this relates, this really early in Mark to bring this up, but it's not time for the people to know who Jesus really is. Yeah. And so we we spoke we spoke about that what in Matthew quite a bit. Yeah. That it's not time for the people to know that he I mean, he's just started his ministry, so it's not time for them to know that, oh my gosh, the Messiah is here. Yeah. Right now he's just a, a great teacher and healer. Yeah. And so that's two reasons I can think of why just shut up. I, I think those are <laughs> those are outstanding. Uh, outstanding reasons. Uh, Mark, more than any other gospel, has Jesus commanding people, don't talk about it, don't tell anyone, you demons aren't allowed to speak. Uh, and so in Mark, we talk about the messianic secret. Mm. Jesus holds back on this information until the time is right. Uh, he comes out as the Messiah too early he could be crucified in the next couple of months. And in that case, the apostles aren't prepared to lead a church. They're not ready for a resurrection and and the responsibility of, of building a church from scratch yeah, effectively. Yeah, they are not educated yet. So if, if Jesus is recognized as the Messiah and becomes a threat to Jerusalem or, or, or to Rome, the yeah, or yeah. to Rome, either one, this is too soon. Things, all of the moving pieces are not in place yet. And so I think you hit the nail right on the head. Jesus is not ready yet for, for all of that to happen. He needs some time to get his guys ready. And we just started. We, yeah. So far we've got four guys. Yeah, I mean, we don't I, even have 12 yet. I need my whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not ready to go yet. So does it work? Demons, just shut up. We're not talking about it yet. That's it. It's a secret. Shut up and go. <laughs> shut up and get out. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Verse 35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. The word for, for isolated place there uh, is frequently translated as wilderness or desert. Hmm. Now, we don't think he left Capernaum and actually traveled to the wilderness or the desert. That's south of Jerusalem. That's many, many, many days journey to the true wilderness. Right. But throughout the Gospel of Mark— in the wilderness or in the desert is where divinity and evil come face to face and do battle. Hmm. Um, and for Jesus throughout the Gospel of Mark, prayer is the way that he handles um, recharging from a significant event like the, the yesterday where he spent the whole day apparently until early hours of the morning, healing and, and, and talking to people. Uh, so he recharges from that with prayer. But prayer is also where Jesus pre-charges to do battle with evil. And so uh, this, he went out to an isolated place or a wilderness or a desert is probably indicative that Jesus is getting ready to make a move in his ministry that's going to bring them face-to-face -face with confrontation and evil, and uh, and so he's prepping for that with prayer. 
Okay. I usually read that as he just needed a chance by himself without throngs of people yeah. pushing up on him. Yeah. And, you know, stupid theory, but we'll throw it out there anyway. Um, healing and casting out takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And he's got to basically go find out a USB outlet and recharge. <laughs> Still going. Energizer keeps going and going. And his USB charges a prayer. Yeah. Or he just gets away by himself and, and sits silently and prays and talks to talks to God. Which is funny because when I've had a really long, difficult day or, or weekend, um, and I need I want to recharge, prayer's generally the last thing. I was I, gonna say that's I, that's not our natural choice. No, my my normal choice is sit in front of a TV and vegetate mm-hmm. and just be completely minus to actually uh get intimate with God and talk about everything that's going on. When I think of that, that doesn't sound restful, relaxing, and recharging to me. But it worked for Jesus, and it probably helped me a lot if I went there more often. Probably would help us all. <laughs> but that's not where we go. That's not where we first think of most times, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, did you want to read 36? Because this is the one that's slightly different. Or I can read it from the NLT, and then you can bring up the differences. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Okay. Verse 36. Later, Simon went. Simon and the others went out to find him. Okay. Ours says went out to find him. Um in in other translations, it probably says searched for him, uh, or or you may have a different word, but the intent here is actually pretty aggressive. Remember, Greek comes not just with a word, but with the emotion attached to that word through uh, prefixes and suffixes in Greek. It tells us how that that word should be interpreted emotionally, and the word that Mark writes here is katadioko. Uh, and it means to hunt down with hostile intent. Where have you been? Yeah. We've been looking for you. They are angry when they get to, they, they search high and low. And when they finally, you know, like, like if you have a child that gets out of the house, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything wrong, but it scares you. And when, when you finally get a hold of them, you're angry at them right. for being down the street or, or wherever. That's kind of how this is. The apostles are angry with Jesus. So read into, uh, into their words when, uh, when they, you know, uh, when they, when they talk to him, um, not a simple, Hey Jesus, where you been? But where have you been? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> right. So that's verse 37. Uh, when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Yeah. And by everyone, they mean themselves primarily. And the intent in those verses we know from the Greek is we need you to come back to work. Right. There's a lot of healing to do. Yeah, There's more people. You spent the whole night up healing, but people just keep coming. And, and not surprising that in a town that size, word would spread and the line wouldn't ever go away. People will just keep coming. And the apostles are a little put out that Jesus isn't there healing their friends and their family like he did yesterday. Clearly, this is your ministry. This is what you called us to to do with you. Why aren't you doing it, Jesus? Do we need to remind you what's happening here? <laughs> it's like, hey, the line has not left my house. They're tearing up my house. <laughs> Heal these people and send them home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, 38. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. See, and that would have been a shocker for mm. these four 
disciples. They're all from Capernaum. That's where all the ministry of Jesus has been for the last two or three months is in Capernaum. So when they got out of their boats and followed him, it may not have crossed their minds that they would leave Capernaum. Gonna do what? They may have thought this was just going to be a local deal for them and their favorite people. And Jesus, in one sentence, bursts that bubble and says, we're going out of town, we're leaving here, and you need to decide if you're still going to follow me or not. Right. Yeah, I could understand. Well, just because they didn't understand at that point. With our hindsight, we can tell, yeah, this is just the beginning, boys. We're just getting started. <laughs> but to them, it might have been, yeah, uh, okay, so I'm a, I'm a crowd wrangler. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. all I do. I just make sure that people are That's it. calm in line. Yeah. And, you know, next, you know, next healing and whatever. Um, suddenly Jesus says, no, 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 boys. <laughs> We're going to get on the road. I didn't actually come for Capernaum. I came for everyone. And you're going to be a, well, you're going to choose. Will you be a part of that or not? <laughs> um, so then verse 39. Uh, so he traveled throughout the region of Galilee preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. That's kind of a, a generic statement that yeah. he kind of moved out and kept doing what he was doing, but yeah. he didn't limit himself just to Galilee. He kind of started spreading around the area a little bit more. And and Mark is going to walk us through a series of, uh, of healing miracles and confrontations with angry people. Those are going to start to pop up now. Up to this point in Mark, the, the crowd has always been really pro-Jesus, but he's now going to move us to a hostile confrontation with evil and hostile confrontation with regular old people over what he's, he's doing. So it is about to get uh, a lot more difficult and and probably not at all what the apostles were expecting. What would you expect? I mean, <laughs> I was a fisherman yesterday. Yeah. And today, or, and last night, we were standing around my house healing people, and now things have just gone way off the rails for me. Yeah. You know, so I could I could understand their, I don't know, concern or just what have we got into? Are yeah. we sure this is what we wanted to do? <laughs> but I think they felt compelled but because they kept going. Yes. For the rest of their lives, technically. For the rest of their lives. There is no <laughs> retirement plan for apostles. Ouch. Okay. Um, that ends that reading. Is there anything else in this section that you wanted to cover? Nope. That covers all, uh, all of the special situations and nuances and words that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one follow with a question mark. Follow? And it's going to be a different sermon than I normally do. Technically, my sermons are, are teaching lessons uh, on the text. Um, but I had a period in my life where God called me uh, to a ministry that I didn't want anything to do with. I, I wanted no part of prison ministry. And I was grateful that I didn't have prison ministry. And that is exactly where God <laughs> took me. Uh, and I had to make the decision the same as the apostles. Uh when you said yes to following, did you mean it or not? And will you go where you are called, even if it's where you really, really don't want to go? Ended up being 10 of the of wonderful years uh, of ministry. And I never would have, it changed who I am as a pastor. Uh, and I never would have got that blessing uh, if I hadn't continued to follow just because I said yes. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. He does. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I just want to stay home and and wrangle people into the healing house. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to do. 
<laughs> All right. Where are we going next week? Next week, we're going to have Jesus heal a man with leprosy. We'll finish up chapter one. Excellent. Editor Ken here. We forgot to tell you that if you want to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Pull that down, click on Sermons. Look for the sermon, follow with a question mark, and this will have been delivered on January 29th, 2023. Dad joke for you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, did you know that your pupils are the last part to stop working when you die? No. They dilate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.